is like a trackpad, but it doesn't work as a trackpad. He like disabled it, so you have to uh, use the mouse. Nice. And I'm so used to a trackpad. I need a move. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not having this conversation with you. I could Welcome just to... use a keyboard. I'm not going to use a keyboard. I've done that before, and it's a mess. Welcome to uh, episode 30 of Off the Crossbar, a real Salt Lake podcast, I guess. Oh, I didn't we know we were up. recording. Sorry, I was literally still <laughs> watching until you said off the crossbar. This wasn't like one of those joke things. I was still watching the world's reaction to Landon Donovan's game-winning goal <laughs> compilation. <laughs> this, is why, this is a problem when we're remote and can't be together is that um, we can't do our normal hilarious hijinks when we're mid-conversation. I was like literally zoned out watching... <laughs> Uh, Davis, California, what appears to be a church gymnasium, potentially. Uh, oh, is this, just a, this is like a 10 minute video that you're watching, right? It's uh, five minutes and 37 seconds, but it's, it's okay. just like people that were filming in like bars and stuff when Landon Donovan scored that Al- Algeria goal. Yeah. And man, this makes me so sad that we missed the World Cup last time. <laughs> What's our World Cup recently? Oh, I was, oh, that qualifier day, the one that we like where literally everything went wrong, where like we had, all we had to do was not lose and we could still lose and get through as long as like Panama didn't win or whoever it was. Some other like garbage. It was like, I think it was like Panama was playing Mexico. It was Panama. Yeah. And and they had to like win or draw or something, and uh, they had to win by like two goals. Or it was some ridiculous thing that would never ever happen. And, and of course it, it happened. happened. <laughs> and Roman Torres, of course, scored the winner, or whatever, to knock us out. Oh, unreal! Great, great moments in history. Yeah. Well, I, what's funny is like, I mean, so what's the Algeria? Was that 2010 World Cup? Yeah. Everyone dressed so poorly in 2010, even like every, everyone looks weird. I guess the cameras were worse, too. So cameras are bad. And it was 10 years ago. And I feel like 10 years is about the time where, like, you look back 10 years from any point and people yeah. dress funny. It's just like bad. It's like not enough time to make it seem like like re- retro and like a charming way. And it's not recent enough to feel like recent so uh, also interspersed like inter dispersed interspersed is interspersed yes put throughout this video there are like there's all these <laughs> scenes of like you know in, like denver colorado st louis um missouri wait is st louis missouri my yes. brain's broken today anyway st louis missouri you know we're going to different places in in the country there's even some like some dudes in Lyon, france and american jerseys and then there's just like this dude in his living room and all in i think all it doesn't even say where some dude in arkansas <laughs> it's just this guy in his living room just going nuts oh man oh, that's good i remember anyway. watching that video when i used to be excited about world cups but we seem it like not the thing to be excited about anymore because why should i be excited about something that we're not participating in yeah, you want to know? You want to know something crazy? Uh, something that was brought up to my attention today? Yeah. Um, oh boy, I'm gonna have to dig back a little bit through some conversation. 
it was Champions League day, so oh, sorry, I got some text. Okay, so um, there's there's this tweet of a picture uh, of um, Sepp Blatter holding up the um, 2022 and 2018 World Cups, which of course are oh, Russia, yeah, like- Russia and, and Qatar, 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 yeah. Qatar. Because today was like the 10 year anniversary of that happening or something. Yeah, like that. 10 years ago today. And um, someone said 22 people voted on the outcome of this decision. <laughs> yeah. Of those 22, 15 are now either banned from FIFA for life, suspended, imprisoned, or fighting extradition to the USA to face federal charges. Only one actually still works for FIFA. Do you remember like that string of like of uh, arrests and everything from like the FIFA crackdowns was crazy. That was a good day on Twitter. It's not like world beating day on Twitter, but that was a great day on Twitter. It was. It was. It all seemed to happen like immediately. And it was when everybody was on Twitter and anybody that wasn't on Twitter got on Twitter to be like, have you seen this? Um, yeah, that reminds me because that's all that Twitter was for me for like three days was dudes being walked out of the fanciest hotels in handcuffs with like nine guys in suits surrounding them. Oh my god, it was sort of amazing, right? Yes, that which reminds me, I just had to Google the words CONCACAF corruption released from jail dancing because I couldn't remember the story, so that's a little, a little uh preview. But do you remember Jack Warner? Um, oh, of course. he's he, Jack Warner, incredible former FIFA vice president, Jack Warner. Um, so he was indicted, uh, by the United States on corruption charges and he was put in jail or like a, he was in a holding cell or something. I don't know if he, he wasn't actually in prison yet or anything. Um, but he was, he was released. Like he, he faked like a, a deathly ill, uh, illness to be released from jail and it just I think it happened to be his birthday, like the day after was his birth uh, was his birthday. And the same night he was released from jail, there was this video of him just dancing in the club, just like having the best time. And then he got arrested again, I think. But just awesome. <laughs> FIFA villains were just crazy. Oh, I don't man. remember all of the stories and all of the things, but I do remember. I think it was Pablo Maurer wrote up something at the time. Yeah, or maybe after the time. But anyway, about Chuck Blazer and oh, how Chuck like, Blazer was nuts. How like awesome but crazy that dude was. Well, he didn't he become like an FBI informant because they because yeah. uh, they had him <laughs> yeah. on everything. Yeah, I think he was a guy that spent. Um, uh, I think um, I might get this wrong, but I think he was a guy that admitted to spending over a million dollars a year, like on his cats. Or something yep. like that on the apartment for his cats, he, right? He had the apartment. In, was it in Trump Tower for his cats? <laughs> yeah. I think it was in Trump Tower. It was somewhere in New York, and it was like just an apartment for cats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's oh, like a million dollars a year, which is incredible oh, to me, man, dude. That was, I, I mean, why has FIFA been so quiet over the last few years? I mean, I guess. Was it because they picked the World Cup so far in advance that there was just like a lot of talk then around all the the bribery and corruption that was going on? I think, right? That's got to be it. Like, why is... Because, I mean, it's still the same, like, group of people that's unaccountable. I mean, yeah. So my understanding is that I saw something today, actually. It was like 14 of 18 people that were involved in the picking of that... Of those two World Cups, Russia and Qatar. Yeah. Qatar? Qatar? 
Yeah. I don't, I never remember how to pronounce it properly. Um, but 14 of 18 or something were no longer at FIFA right. had been charged. Yeah, with there was things. only one of them that was involved that is still at FIFA. Yeah, but like, I mean, I think that's obviously true, but like, I can't imagine it's much less corrupt than it was then. Mm. It's also funny that yeah. we're just like, there was just like, yeah, well, there's nothing we can do about uh, having the World Cup in Qatar. <laughs> Like we're just gonna go through that, even though both that this one and the upcoming Russia uh, World Cup. This was like back in like 2014 or 15, whatever this all happened. Um, they're just like, yeah, there's nothing we can do about it. They they got it, so we're just gonna continue mm. doing the slave labor <laughs> in Qatar to build these stadiums to I hold feel, a summer tournament. Even though, I feel like no. the reason we haven't like heard about a lot of corruption with FIFA lately is just because FIFA has been like. Like they haven't done, there hasn't been anything like they, we yeah. haven't really, I think we're in the process of picking or we already picked a world cup for 2026. Excuse me. I, um, have they picked yet? I don't know. I thought, <laughs> this is this thing I should know because I'm pretty sure it was a U.S., Canada, Mexico combined bid. Oh, that that's right. That did. We do have that one. And I think it was like that versus a, like Argentina and like, some garbage country that Morocco. Morocco yeah some garbage country some country that like it probably isn't gonna get it right and so like everybody was like oh it's definitely gonna be the US and Canada and um Mexico and they got 65 out of 200 votes though in Morocco yeah so, it, so was it, was we it have 2026 wow it, mm-hmm. So it was definitely awarded. Okay. So yeah. I'm not completely losing my mind. But like besides yeah, that, right. there hasn't been like a lot of FIFA activity. There haven't been a lot of other World Cup bids that they've been talking about. There's not. That's right. They they just have laid low. They haven't done anything. Oh, man. So 2030. That's so in 10 years from now. Can you believe 2030 is only 10 years that away? That's really weird to think about. There's. So there's potential. I'm reading through some of the the confirmed plan to bid for it. There's a one in um, Uruguay, Argentina, Chile, Paraguay. There's a Morocco again. Um, there's a Greece, Bulgaria, Serbia, Romania, which would be nutty. <laughs> there's also a uh, UK, so England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, and Ireland bid which I think would be really cool. But um, Portugal and Spain, that's another bid, potential bid. That would be cool too. And Cameroon and Egypt have also expressed interest. So Yeah. And by 2030, they might have uh, COVID-19 taken care of. That would be great. Through the worst of it. That would be be ideal. You know, my hopes are not high. Yeah, things are going poorly. (laughs) Well, they... I guess the UK is going to be the guinea pig for the Pfizer vaccine. They yeah, said, there's the, they said the, they were going to give emergency approval starting like next week, I think. Oh, really? That's good. Or something like that. Yeah, it was something super, super soon. Everybody's going to start getting vaccinated over there. So, yeah. Well, we'll the good thing is that the vaccines do look promising. So, um, so welcome to off the crossbar. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, you know what I'm saying. That was not as fun of a start as uh, last episode. What was the start of last episode? 
I don't know, but it eventually became great. Mm. And we just talked about that cool town and was that all from the beginning (laughs) i think it was all part of the social hour that's right or were we talking about a player we're talking about kakuta mane who who lived there we're talking about point roberts yeah yeah that wasn't that wasn't the intro yes because we were talking about international slot players i think and players trying to earn their green card and kakuta mane had to live in that town because of yeah and then we started looking at like municipal boundaries and borders of towns anyway uh social hour um wait matt is your audio okay you have two tracks in the yeah i think it's okay (laughs) yeah you do have two tracks i see that now i'll figure it out yeah it's not my problem as long as we can hear you um so what's new boys trevor Matt, how was how was Thanksgiving? Uh, my Thanksgiving was good. I made a turkey. I thought, oh, I should get a nice sized turkey so I have plenty of leftovers. <coughs> and I got a seventeen pound turkey because Is I have that no, gigantic. Like, that seems gigantic. it was pretty big. Yeah, it was pretty big, um, but it was good. So I don't know. I stuffed a bunch of rosemary from the garden in there. And, nice. I'm a big yeah. rosemary fan. Yeah. Do you want some? Yes, actually. I okay. would love rosemary. I'll pick some wow, for you. Oh, that would be delightful. Trevor? Uh, Thanksgiving was eventful. Um, so I didn't intentionally do this, but I was. But it ended up being that way. Um, we'll get into why. But I was like off of Twitter that entire week. Like I didn't see anything. So I'm sure I'm not up to speed on all the new memes, but... Yeah, I was like not on Twitter whatsoever for any of Thanksgiving. Um, That week was a week. We had my daughter at my house and we had a little bit of a COVID scare. She was sick for uh, the weekend before we went and got her tested. She was fine. I'm fine. Everybody's fine. Everybody tested negative multiple times. So we're good. But she was sick for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I stayed home from work with a sick kid for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then we had Thursday and Friday off. That was when I decided to, or when my roommate decided for me to start playing uh, red dead redemption Two. Oh yeah. Which I have never played before. The reason I never played is for the exact reason what happened. I couldn't stop playing that game. I think I played it for like 12 hours a day for four or five days straight. Oh yes, it's oh, so it's good. Such a good game. It's so good. I'm so happy. I oh, I'm so envious of that feeling. It's like watch. It's like playing through. It's it's like man the 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 energy and the vibes I had while playing that game for the first time. All the way. I mean, I haven't played it for a second time. It's just, there's it's a lot of time to put in. But yeah. Wow. Wow. Good game. Such a good game. So I did that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday I took a break to make Thanksgiving dinner. We were going to go over to my parents and I was going to like do a small little thing. But then, um, yeah, just kind of found out who else is coming and decided not to go to my parents Thanksgiving because it was going to be – they told – they said originally that it was going to be like a small gathering with a very few people like some family members and like that's it, like five or six people tops. And then it turns out there's going to be a lot more than that. So I was like, nah, I'm going to pass. So I made Thanksgiving dinner for me and for my daughter and for my roommate. And 
I got a turkey. I ordered a turkey from the grocery store. I ordered like a 10-pound turkey is what I ordered. And they gave me a 21-pound turkey because that was what they had. Wow. <laughs> it's so big. Uh, anyway, so I cooked a turkey for the second time in my life. And for the second time in my life, it came out with like um, the thighs were not all the way cooked through. And the... Doesn't that mean the center is? What happens when you cook a turkey, if you do it wrong, apparently, like the breasts cook first, right? So they cook like all the way through. It's usually the driest part because it, it, Yeah, because people overcook it. And I watched Bon Appetit and I paid a lot of attention and I tried to do everything exactly like they did. And I think the biggest problem is that I'm trying to cook a whole turkey instead of parting it out. You know, part it out next time. I think that'll work a lot better. But anyway, that's what I did. Yeah. So we cooked a whole turkey. Um, and the other thing was we got it on like Monday or Tuesday, I think is when we picked it up. And I was hoping that it was a thawed turkey. It knowing for a fact that it wouldn't be, but hoping <laughs> that somebody <laughs> was kind enough to think of that. So I had to defrost it. And if you guys don't know the chef uh Tom. The real chef Tom, I think his name is on Twitter. He's a local big RSL fan. Big RSL fan. He's a local guy on Twitter, and he knows everything about cooking anything. Um, he posted a uh, thing, a thread on Twitter about how to defrost a turkey in 24 hours. So we did that, and it worked brilliantly. It was great. Wow. But I, I have a suspicion that it didn't defrost down in the thigh because mm. um, the goofy thing was the legs were like cooked, like they were like almost overcooked. Um, but the thigh just wasn't cooked all the way. So we ended up throwing away the thigh and the wings and we just saved the chicken breasts. And that was still way too the much meat for breasts. three people. Yeah. Yep. But it was really good. And then I also made mac and cheese and the mac and cheese. Uh, I don't know. I know what happened, but I don't know how it happened. Uh, we got the ratios of everything way wrong. So it was <laughs> way too much cheese for not nearly enough macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> so i think i'm planned on using enough cheese for like two or three pounds of macaroni and i used one pound of macaroni and so it was just like mm. yeah it was just a block of cheese once it cooled down with macaroni in it. and it was just it was tasty once it was cooked because it was super cheesy but then once we tried to save it and like get leftovers from it it was terrible it was just a block of cheese again so yeah, I mean, that's a lot of cheese powder to use. <laughs> Never. Cheese powder? <laughs> so there's a gluten-free macaroni and cheese uh, in a box, and it's, it's amazing because it's just uh, – no, it's not Annie's. Which one is it? Uh, they do the lentil pasta. Oh, is it um, um, uh, the, the one? I think I know which one you're talking about. They do, like, frozen dinners, and they're, like, everything's vegan. And no, not that one. That's, think you're thinking of Amy's. Amy's. That's what I'm thinking of. Do they not do one? All right. I'll look it up while we're talking. All right. I, uh, boy. So my Thanksgiving. Uh, Bonza. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. Um, so Carly and I, we had a very relaxing Thanksgiving. It was just the two of us. We um, went and picked up turkey from my parents' house. Um, and we said hi to my family, uh, picked up the turkey, went home and Carly made some incredible sides for us. Uh, I, I have to, I have, I have to have a super strict diet currently. 
And so we had, um, we had Turkey and I'm, I'm actually staying away from potatoes too right now, which is hard. Well, at least golden potatoes. I have sweet potatoes. Um, and so Carly made this incredible mashed cassava, which was delicious. And mm. I'm a huge cassava head now. And cassava? We, yeah, it comes from the yucca root. And um, mm. it's kind of like potato like, but it's, uh, it's, yeah, super yummy. We had, um, you know, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, uh, sweet potato, souffle type thing. Um, and then Carly made this incredible coconut cake. That was just oh boy, so it was great. We had a we had a very we had a very chill Thanksgiving, and she made like um like a blueberry cranberry compote for the coconut cake, and I had some co- coconut whipped cream on it, and it was just boy, oh Sounds boy. Nice. Yeah, right, I'm looking at this cassava mash stuff, and this looks pretty tasty. <laughs> it was really good. Carly put like. I can't remember what she put in it, but it was like, it was, it kind of tasted like spicy mashed potatoes. I don't know if it was just from like garlic salt that she put in it, but I'm not quite sure, but it was, and oh, we had the turkey drippings for the mashed cassava and it was just, it was great. It was, it was delightful. I've also been eating a lot of dried fruit lately. Like I got like a gigantic bag of dried mangoes and dried apricots and I've just been going hard. My grandpa used to dry, um, apricots and i just love oh man apricots are good and yeah, we used uh, to do that when i was a kid we had an apricot tree among yeah. others but we had apricot trees in the backyard my mom used to dehydrate them every now and then yeah oh, man real good stuff so good um but yeah i i was telling matt trevor i was telling matt comma trevor comma um <laughs> That I'm in the final, uh, I'm in 6B of The Sopranos. That's the second half of the last season. So yeah. I've got like, and boy, what a, <laughs> what a ride it's been. What a ride it has been. So once you, once you see, have you seen the ending or? Um, I don't think I have. I've seen a bunch of episodes when I was younger, but I don't think I ever finished it. So I'll check but, back in with you when it's over. I know. Here's the thing. I still haven't started picking it up again, but a while ago, um, I know that it's like one of the more controversial endings of like good TV shows. There's a lot of people that hated it and a lot of people that loved it. And there was a minute where I was um, looking into it just to figure out what it was because I don't mind spoilers that much. So I saw um, this and I don't remember any names. Are you about to spoil it? No, 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 no. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy. There's a guy on YouTube. He like analyzes film and video from like a film critic standpoint. Yeah. Um, anyway, he put his take on the ending um, of the show and like broke it all down from like a filming standpoint, from like a director standpoint, um, trying to get in the mind of the director to see what he was trying to do with it. Yeah. Um, when you see it, I want to talk to you about it because it's – it was yeah. really interesting because I I saw it and I remember thinking, yeah, I understand why everybody hated this. Um, but then when he broke it down, anyway, we'll talk about it later. But yeah, that sounds good. I'm excited. It's it's a really interesting ending. I'm really. I'll probably like finish it. it by the next time we record. I've been cruising through lately. So yeah. <sighs> what else? What else is new, boys? What's going on? Um, so between. This episode and the last one, I watched all of Ozark. Nice. <laughs> um, which was kind of dark and uh, 
which I mean, I, I really enjoyed it, but kind of an overload and it's hard to stop watching. So, yeah. Now I'm just waiting for season four to come out whenever I that know. happens. Probably a while. Everything is going to be a while. Yeah. Um, oh. yeah. Sad, sad, sad. Uh, are, are you guys you watching uh, the MLS playoffs? Because that's on, those are also on TV. Nah. I mean, I'm, I'm paying attention to like winners and losers, but not really watching it. I mean, I, I watched the weirdest uh, penalty shootout, but that's about all. Oh, I watched. I watched the. <laughs> So I didn't watch that live, but I watched the John Boy breakdown of it. And if you don't know who oh, John Boy is, man, sounds like Kyle knows so who John funny. Boy is. John Boy is so great. <laughs> I need to watch. He's this. one of my favorite like Twitter finds of the last year or so. Um, but he's he's a baseball guy. He talks about baseball. He's a yeah. Yankees fan, and it's just him and his friend have for years they've been doing this, just like making podcasts and videos about Yankees and just about baseball, whatever. And in the last year or two, they got so big that they were able to like form their own media company. And so they've got podcasts and they've got like inside access to players and stuff like that. So now they do like much more serious stuff, but they still just like goof around. And one of the things that he's done for years and years and years is breakdowns where he just takes a clip of a sport event, whatever it is, and just like cracks jokes over the whole thing and like explains it and breaks down what's going on it's very funny it's very good he does mostly baseball but like i said every now and then he branches into something else um but he did do the orlando whoever else it was he did the whole penalty shootout and it's one of his longest ones yeah his videos are usually like two minutes yeah it's like two or three minutes for a break because it's like one play that he's analyzing right yeah Um, this video for this it was like seven minutes and he is like trying to explain it to you, but it's being explained by a guy who didn't, who doesn't watch soccer and like just barely had it explained to him before he started <laughs> recording. And the best it's part so about funny. all of his breakdowns is that he does them in like one take. He just records it and like has the play prepared on his computer and just does the voiceover while he's recording it watching it's the play. so it's, good it's so good so the anyway. day that came out i watched i went through like a bunch of his other videos that i i hadn't seen and yeah. i was i was just dying but he's he's super famous for um do you remember when the houston astros oh yeah oh shoot my headphones got unplugged sorry uh, uh i'm back okay yeah. sorry the houston, houston, that was that was one of yeah. the like f- not the first thing that like he got big with but he got super big on that because yeah he, he helped he expose that entire yeah. cheating scandal of the houston astros oh. because he had all these okay. videos am- a- analyzing <laughs> what they were doing <laughs> and then it got them stripped of the world series or whatever yeah he was so, uh, uh he was one of the only people somehow that knew that like mlb puts footage from every single game up on youtube after it's played like within 24 hours so you can find any game from the last like 15 years and sit down and watch so he did he went on youtube and found all of houston's games for the last like two years and went and analyzed all the events and put together like a quick explainer and yeah yeah insane. if you if you care about baseball and stuff for sure i don't care about baseball but i think cheating is i don't even care about baseball but i love his baseball videos they're so funny they're so good Uh, post them in slack okay we'll watch a couple after um let's see mls playoffs so yeah there was um a gigantic mess of a penalty shootout with orlando 
and yeah, that happened. Oh, man. And they ended up losing I, I, the next round. I can't remember. I don't know what's going on. I, all I know is Dallas lost to Seattle last night. Um. So yeah, things are things are great in MLS land. Things are chugging along. Yeah, there, I was just going to pull up the MLS app so I can know which games are remaining. I was going to say, is there a game tonight? No, it's tomorrow. I know Seattle and Dallas mm. played yesterday, and I put a bet on the game that didn't go through, but what are you going to do? Mm. Oh, yeah, we've got Kansas City and Minnesota. <laughs> oh. And then uh, Sunday, we've got Columbus and New England. That reminds me, Trevor. I uh, do. Do you remember when I told you about Predict It? Did I tell you about that? Oh, I can't geez, remember. dude, you got me into so much trouble with Predict It. Oh, have you started using it? <laughs> yeah, I've so, only used it one time, and I made money on Joe Biden winning. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I was here, like, so here's what happened. Predict It. Quick explainer. Predict It. You buy and sell like shares, uh, like like stock. It's not stock, but you're basically buying and yeah. shares. Based on a question, like, will Joe Biden win the presidency? Yes or no. It's mostly political based. And as news fluctuates and changes, like shares get more and less expensive. So it's kind of like gambling. It's kind of like a stock market thing. It's it's a lot of fun. Anyway, <laughs> you showed me that like two days before the election. And I went in and found a whole bunch of um, things to like bet on at the time. Like <laughs> one of them was, I remember specifically, this is the one I you made. You found a bunch of shares to buy, you mean? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one that was about, uh, will the, Monta- the Montana had a senator up for election yeah. and was it going to be the Republican or Democratic nominee? And when I looked at it, the Republican was at like 58 cents or 58. Yeah. Like eight, yeah, adds up to a dollar. So it was like 58 cents for yes and then 42 cents for no or whatever and i was like there's no way it's not going to be republican it's montana come on so you bet you bet a bunch on the no i I bought a bunch of that and then (laughs) what happened was there was a couple of them that like i bought and i knew they were going to go up so you can set it to like sell at a certain point so i bought that at like 58 cents and i just set it to automatically sell at like 75 um something like that and then there was a couple that I was going to like watch on election night because it was going to like fluctuate and change and it was going to go up or it might go down. And I, I don't know. I wanted to keep an eye on it. The site crashed for like most That's of the right. night. So I couldn't do anything with any of it. And so I couldn't even get into like set the ones to sell at a certain point. But people, <laughs> other people were still able to buy and sell. So it was still fluctuating. Oh, interesting. Oh, it was a mess. So there was a couple that. I, I don't want to make it sound like I lost hundreds of dollars. I think I put fifty dollars in it total, and at the end of the day, I have like forty-seven something. Ah, uh, okay. But it was a fun experience. But you, fun had, experience. you had a good time. I had fun. I enjoyed it. It was just <laughs> so frustrating that it was crashing for me all oh, night on election. Oh man, that's a good time. So I lost like three dollars total. But the <laughs> thing is, that Montana thing, I made like six dollars on that. And then so the other stuff because it crashed. I right. didn't. Yeah. Anyway, it was frustrating, but it was fun. I liked it. I'm Matt, you should it. join us. You should join us on Predict It. I don't know if I'm gonna. I definitely didn't just pull it out. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Yeah. So let's see. MLS is going. Boy, what's new with RSL? So we've got some exciting news. 
And that exciting news is we have two fewer coaches than we had last time we recorded. I don't know if that's actually exciting news. Eh, it's it's um, news. It's the beginning of the offseason. Yeah. Like we knew we were going to have changes in coaching and players. So let's get started. So the first exciting thing is that Stefan Siebert, who existed, uh, we parted ways with him, which I feel ambivalent about. Yes. Um, he was formerly a coach educator with U.S. Soccer. This was his first coaching gig. Um, yeah, I mean, you can you you can judge him by his works, I guess. Was he um, an assistant coach? Or was he, like- he was an assistant coach. He also wrote a book. Oh, which I bought. that's right. He's the yeah, author or assistant coach. Okay. His- oh, what? What was his book about? about uh, like tactics and soccer or something. I'll read it and then pass it on to you. Well, I thought you already had read it. I remember that we found out that he was an author and you were like, I'm going to read this book. Yeah, I bought it. So he <laughs> had somehow reading. This is his first coaching job and he's an author about coaching. Yeah. And a coach. No, not a coach, an educator about coaching. Despite only having the one coaching job. Okay. All right. That's yeah. cool. Anyway. And maybe he was good. Uh, oh, I mean, he, oh, he was a head coach at Springfield College. So I guess that's something. That's right. Yeah. I remember that we talked about that and we wanted to find but out where still, Springfield like, was. How long has he been with RSL? Like a year. If that, I think yeah, this, this is his year. only season with us. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Stefan. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> bye. Sorry. So long, and thanks for all the freaking great times we had this year. No, so many. He <laughs> he. Um, and then uh, Todd Hofford, goalkeeping coach, uh, had his contract not renewed, which is a fancy way of saying was fired, but. I mean, it's essentially the same thing, right? Like the organization made an intentional decision to not renew his contract. We like to use terms like this for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Like it's what's the what's the point of saying, oh, parted ways. So it's it's to took took the job away. It's to like help the guy save face for like future employment a lot of times. Or it has to do with uh, usually like a, a contract buyout something like that mm. if i don't obviously i don't know anything about siebert but if he had like a three-year contract and something happened he doesn't want to be here anymore or the team doesn't want him here anymore something needs to happen with that contract and it's usually a buyout or it usually is just both sides just being like you know what let's just forget it um but yeah, yeah. it's basically just fancy language so that they can go get another job somewhere else um, so that RSL doesn't have to be like, yeah, we fired him because he's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's a small world out bad, there, right? But they don't want to keep him from working for somebody else. So they just say, parted ways. He's no longer part of the organization. Yeah. It's just. Oh, speaking of goalkeeper, our goalkeeper, uh, David Ochoa, got called up to the national team. Um, oh, yeah. Which, again, as a reminder, the only game we played him was the abhorrent snow game where he did terribly in the snow. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, what are you going to do when you have Andrew Putna on your roster? Like, you can't. 
You can't sit him down. Uh, oh, man. Oh, yeah. Well, um, so Todd Hofford put out a statement. I'm not going to read it because oh, who cares? Dude? It's not very good. He said, thank you. Yeah, he says thank you a lot, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he does say he I here's what he says. I oh, look forward to the opportunity oh, to make return to the riot. Riot. That's a mistake, not Todd. The riot. To be clear. <laughs> I can't. I it's can't. It's not riot. Um, <laughs> I should say Rio T, which whatever. I've, I've never been. Huge, like, future. I get it, but I've never really been a huge fan of, call, fan of calling it the riot. I get yeah. it. I understand what we're doing here, but it's like a play on words. If you're reading yeah. it, it's not a play on words when it's spoken out loud. I, I hate it. Anyway. Um, I'm fine with it being called the riot if I don't have to think about Rio Tinto. Which isn't the contract with Rio Tinto ending like yes. this year? Yep. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> so what's going to We don't even know. Okay, well, we can talk about ownership was, right after this, I guess. Yeah. I know that there was an intentional push by some people in the, like, I'm going to say branding of the team. That's not what I mean. There are people that were trying to call it the riot to move it away from Rio T, the Rio Tinto, because there was long held suspicions that Rio Tinto is not interested in renewing it. And they wanted to like keep the name, the riot separate from Rio Tinto. So that next year when it's called Zions bank stadium or whatever, it's going to be the Zions bank riot. Well, no, that's the thing. They still want to call it the riot because like riot yeah. is a fun word for a stadium or a fun name for a stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've got to be able to call it like Wells Fargo Arena or whatever they're going to go for. You know what I mean? It's not so. going to be called the Children's Mercy Park Blue Hell <laughs> or whatever. It's funny that it's they, they're supported. Like I could see our our Blue Hell being the riot or whatever. Yeah. But then yeah. It, us playing it. Like, I don't know. Children's Mercy Park having the blue hell is a funny combination to me. We could be sponsored by uh, Brooks Brothers. That's right. The Brooks Brothers, right? I like that. They're going through some financial hard times, right? Yeah, so probably not. Probably no retail locations are going to want to. uh, No J. Crew riot. um, There's that Russian punk band that might be interested that has oh yeah uh, well right. oh that oh, okay they have an offensive yeah, we, name let's be honest that would be the best name for our <laughs> are, they out of, are they out of jail weren't they in jail forever oh, yeah, they were in jail forever i think they're out are um, they just saying bad things about putin or were they like yeah, yeah. why is, okay anyway. why is anybody in jail in russia i don't because know they said bad things about putin yeah, that's right. They didn't get assassinated, though, so I guess no, that's No, because a, they're not a journalist. Sorry, we're getting off track here. So uh, we don't know anyway, what the so stadium's going to be called, but Todd is going to be very glad to be back at the <laughs> riot or the colloquially named riot. Co- what? So, like, I can't say that word. Collo- colloquial? It's colloquially. Yeah. Collo- I can say colloquial, colloquial. But I can't. Yeah, you're right. It's tough. Say, say col- colloquial but with an L-Y at the end of that. <laughs> colloquially. Wheelie. Wheelie is not something I should. Collo- uh, colloquially. 
colloquially, <laughs> if you, if you, it's easy when you say colloque <laughs> and then like doing a wheelie, colloquially. <laughs> it's, yeah. Okay. Anyway, funny word. Anyway, so, so I, my guess is that it's not going to be called Rio Tinto Stadium anymore. I don't think, I, I don't think fine. that's a Do surprise we, for anybody to hear. But here's a question. That's my inside scoop is that Rio Tinto and I was going to say Deloitte, but the ownership are not interested in maintaining that name. Do we think RSL has a season in that stadium after next season? Oh, oh. I think it would have to be this season. I th- you, you think this is our this next season is our last season as having Real Salt well, Lake? That's and- what I'm saying we already had our last season because if the, if they're going to move if the new ownership moves a team, which is what I think you're implying, you think that could happen before would, the next would it season? Be that quick? I don't think so. Could it be? No, I don't think it could be. All right. Well, unless they move go directly into the Raiders Stadium in Vegas, and uh, <laughs> that's what I'm uh, saying. Maybe no. they have like maybe an ownership group like already has a place in mind, and they're already working on securing that location. Does that nullify player contracts when they just move in a team somewhere? It's MLS, so probably not. I'm sure that's such an interesting question. I'm sure there's a clause in like at least some players' contracts that are like. If the team moves or is disbanded or whatever, like they're released or well, okay. So with the NBA, or something with the NBA, when this when the Sonics moved to Oklahoma City, the Sonics actually were the ones who drafted Kevin Durant, I believe, and he went. I can't remember if he if he signed the contract, his rookie contract, knowing that they were going to be moved. I can't remember if that had been decided already. He never played like a season as the Sonics, but I'm pretty sure they're the ones who drafted him. They were still the Sonics then. Um, kind of amazing. So I don't know. How, I wonder how that works. He was drafted uh, 2007. That's Super Oh, he was the second pick in that draft, right? Yeah, so I only know that because I was in Portland when they had the first pick, and I was working. I was in somebody's house doing, you know, my job, and dude, dude they're like pulled me in and was like, "Oh, they're gonna do the draft. Portland's got their first draft pick. They're about to announce it." And they picked. I think it was Greg Oden. I think it was his name. Yeah, it was either Durant yeah. or the other guy. They picked the other guy. Greg Oden. Yeah. Everybody was stoked about it in Portland until he broke his leg like four times and never uh, played a game and is now out of the league. Okay, yeah, two funny things about that. Well, okay, it turns out Kevin Durant what did play a season as like th- with the Supersonics. Um, huh. Let's see, following his debut season, they relocated. I forgot there was one year in between. The C- the Sonics relocated from Seattle to Oklahoma City, becoming the Thunder, switching its... Yeah, so they just like took him with them and whoever else that's that's such a weird concept i mean if if we do lose real salt lake i'm just curious about the logistics if we can become a logistics a moving logistics podcast what we, we talk about what happens when you move a franchise <laughs> um, when was when was the last time when was the last time an mls team like moved i know we've had teams like contract just like cease to exist but was it when this was it when San Jose, the weird San Jose Galaxy thing? No, I thought it was so San Jose moved Houston. to Houston. Yeah. Oh, Houston. Sorry, not, yeah. not Galaxy. Houston, yeah. It was 2010, right? Oh, so, yeah. I but, don't know. It was a long time ago. It wasn't recent. I don't know what happened then. Is that how Brian Ching, did Brian Ching play for 
San Jose. Oh, 2005. It wasn't 2005, was it? Yeah. Holy cow. So why uh, are they still so upset about it? Yeah, Brian Ching was on that, that team, and he was on the Earthquakes 2005 and then played for the Dynamo. So maybe they do you just go with them. <laughs> yeah. MLS is not like friendly to players oh, with trades. And you know who's like going to be stoked no. if we move to Vegas? Albert Rusnak. He oh, loves he Vegas. Would, oh. He's like posted. He like never leave. Oh, man. They, he'd probably just live in the Bellagio because I think he that, that they love that, that place. Wow. I just found the silver lining to moving to Vegas. <laughs> the team moving to Vegas. Right, right, right. Not me. I'm no, not. No, no way. Um, wow. What, what an incredible world when we, we lose RSL soon. <laughs> do, you, do you think that's actually going to happen? I, like, there's I no am, way, right? I don't think that there's no way. I think. I think you would have to be. I mean. The, sure like the Royals, this, but it would have to be an idiot that would move the team, right? I, I don't know. Uh, the Royals are. I think it's the Royals are be, dicey, and I think that's a little bit of a completely different situation. Well, no, I, I agree. I'm saying, but the Royals moving makes it, in my mind, less likely that RSL stays because it's, there's less of like a chunk and in an infrastructure. Um, I'm not I sure I agree. I feel like if the Royals move, I think that facilitates an RSL sale a lot easier or it, it makes a sale a lot yeah. easier because I think honestly, and this is, I mean, owners are dumb and I think it's, it's a dumb way to look at it, but I think buying a MLS team and a USL team is a lot more appealing to a lot more people with a lot of money than buying an MLS team, a USL team and a women's team. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's probably right. I think I feel I like think it's the probably going to be a little bit cheaper. Yeah, of a sale, and also they don't have what they would probably view as like the headache of another organization that they would also have to run and maintain and take care of. I'm sure there yeah. are owners that would love to buy all three and like to keep all three and make it one thing, which is what I'm hoping happens. But I could see if somebody else sells the Roy- or buys the Royals and moves them out of state, I could see that facilitating keeping the rest of it in Utah. I, yeah. I think that would make it more likely that they stay. Yeah. I wow, that really sucks <laughs> to think about. I, I yes, it's it a does. huge bummer, but I I think the Royals are gonna are gonna be taken out of Utah. Yeah, if they do, I'm gonna be really yeah. upset about that. Because like yeah, what's really upset? What's keeping them here now? I mean, we had right now. I mean, nothing. Not a lot. We than, don't have any U.S. allocated players anymore. They're all gone. Nope. nope. So we've got to refigure that mm-hmm. out. Uh, the roster. The only like, I'm going to say appealing name on the roster, and that's probably not fair to a lot of them. But the only exciting big like big name like no, to prominent being a big bring no, fans I just mean out. like a draw that people can cheer for yeah. it would be uh michelle vasconcelos and that's just because she's a local player she went to byu you know what i mean yeah. other than her there's not a whole lot of names there's not a whole lot of amy rodriguez is definitely a talent but she's like a, a little bit past her prime she's getting there yeah daryl yeah. boquete may not be back Almost certainly, almost isn't, certainly, yeah. not going to be back. So, like, what's the draw from a roster standpoint? There's not much. Can you can or can you not cheer for allocation money? 
You can. Okay, uh, cool. I, I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm, 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 well, it depends on how you feel about capitalism. I know you're a big fan, <laughs> yes. Kyle. I, um, I, person, I can't cheer for allocation money. I can cheer for like a GM to make s- smart and savvy moves. But oh, man, instead we're like, seeing a GM who is making desperate moves. We're right? seeing hemorrhaging of of not literal hemorrhaging of players, but like the roster is hemorrhaging. Like, yeah. Oh no! We, like today they announced they didn't announce. I don't think, but um, Kelly O'Hara got traded to Washington. It was announced. It was, did, they announce, did they announce yeah. what it was? What it was for? It wasn't players. Allocation money. Seventy five k of allocation money. Like that's. That's what, garbage. I want to say I agree, but I have no idea what the conversion know, rate the conver- is in NWSL. <laughs> so. That's like, it's not well small yeah. amount of money. It's pretty significant, but still like, which is sad, right? Kelly O'Hara, who to be fair, has been quote injured for the last two years. I'm not sure I believe it, but yeah. she's barely oh, played any conspiracy. For, yeah. What's the deal with that? With what? I think it's a real injury. Yeah. I think I, I think she legitimately was injured for some time, but I think a you lot of it was that she just didn't feel excited about playing for this team, considering the circumstances surrounding this team. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't she know was play. there a lot more and over the last year, like she was injured for the Royals, wasn't playing for the Royals, got called into the U.S. national team, played games for the national team, came back to the Royals, and was injured. Like, <laughs> two and two, guys. like. <laughs> so yeah it's a bummer that she's gone because she's a great talent but it's we didn't get like like 75k is something but we got 150k total for Kristen press and kelly o'hara that's <laughs> not good enough like sorry those are the players well, that make- no it, it just you're right and it just seems oh. like a desperation move from a team that's trying to offload assets and uh and, and yeah. other teams know that they don't have to give up anything yeah. good to get them because yeah. Kristen press has wanted out that wasn't really a secret <laughs> kelly o'hara wanted to go back to dc wasn't really a secret and yeah anyway it, yeah so lucas reported so that like people within the organization are really worried about the club being moved and um you know, would love some like outcry about it. And I like, absolutely. I just really worry that it's completely out of like anyone's hands that yeah, I, I, I saw that. And I'm not sure that like, unless you have Billy on Twitter are gonna, they're not going to make any difference. I know. And I get why, <laughs> I mean, there's one thing about like raising concerns about current ownership, but like we can't really, it's hard to, like kind of yell and scream our way into a new ownership group to want to pick it up and keep it here, which has me really worried. Yeah. Well, and they're not going to be the primary tenant in wherever they're located. Right. Um, And so they kind of have to wait for an MLS decision to come down. And maybe that's somebody, you know, some person or group that buys all three teams. Maybe they buy two and leave NWSL on the table. But at that point, they can like do other things, right? You can get other parties involved. Yeah. But you know, they're they're they'd essentially be renting the space. Yeah. And maybe that's a, a fine arrangement, and maybe it could work out just fine. Um, but it's it's tricky, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I hate the it. Other, I hate it all. The other side of it, the reasons to like keep the team here, they were second best in attendance 
uh, league wide, not last year, but the year before. Yeah. Like, they were getting 10,000 fans a game. You know what I mean? Which, you know, like there's oh, clearly like incredible. a base. Yeah. There's clearly a base of people that want it here. Yeah. It's just yeah. going to come down to and like, I think, I, yeah, like Matt said, I think so much of it is probably just waiting on the MLS decision. And clearly, it doesn't appear that Deloitte Hansen's going to sell the sell RSL before, before um, we, MLS like, takes it. Forced to, yeah. It's it's December second, and uh, I heard it from someone that people are still receiving sales decks for this <laughs> for this club. So I just don't. I don't know, man. I, I don't. You know what? I, you know what I think happens. What? January 1st, January, well, January 1st is bank holiday, right? Yeah. Yep. So January 2nd hits and the club is immediately sold and it goes on the new tax year for Deloitte and yeah. And he can plan his tax year around it. Yeah. I bet that's right. He, he stands to make a big profit. Yeah. And I bet he's terrified to lose the money in taxes that he loses. Yeah, you're right. He has zero Which incentive to sell it before the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So good for I mean, him, but whatever. No, no bad for him. <laughs> so over to be like, we're not going to anytime soon, and I, I accept that. But I'm so ready to stop talking about Deloitte Hansen. Sam, like for any reason whatsoever. It's gonna be so nice when he's out of our consciousness. I don't care about him anymore. I know. I'm yeah. to the point where, like, I don't think that a new ownership group is like the solution to all of the problems. I think we're going to have a lot of this, a lot of similar problems as an organization and a team and a market that we've always had. I, I think we're still going to struggle in a lot of ways, but I'm so ready to get back to those struggles rather than talk about Deloitte. Yeah, yeah. I was watching, man. I was watching Seattle last night, and um, you know, even their like most average players on that team are like so much better than. I mean, obviously, Seattle's a really good team, and they've been to like three of the last four MLS Cups. But like, the average players on that team are like so much better than our like top tier players. I would take Alex Roldan over Albert Usnack. Right. Like I was looking at the Roldan brothers and I was like, I'm just like, didn't we draft someone like after? Didn't we draft like some random person before Christian Roldan? Yeah. So no, we traded pick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we yeah. Made, yeah so we draft fleeced us. Yeah. I, I think we talked about that recently, but like, and, and then they have, you know, uh, they have Joao Paulo, they have Rui Diaz, they have Jordan Morris, they have Nico Ladero, and I'm just like, can we just get like one? If we just had one player that like was like Jordan Morris, even even though he's like honestly pretty. Don't we have Corey Baird? Sorry, yeah, I meant two players like Jordan Morris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It's just I just want. I'm desperate for a new ownership group to spend some money at like a acceptable level. Do you remember yeah, when fair. Seattle announced <laughs> that they signed Jordan Morris to like a six year deal worth like $8 million or something like that? Yeah. It was a long deal for a lot of money. And there's a lot of Seattle fans that were like, this is ridiculous. He's a kid. Why are we spending, why are we paying him a million dollars a year? He's not any yep. good. And now he's like the best striker in the league. Not the best, but. 
he's uh, both he, well, the three of them, um, Ladero, Rui Diaz, and Jordan Morris were in MLS's best 11 for the season. Yeah. So he's been in yeah. the all he was really pretty good last year, and this and they're probably going to win the cup again. <laughs> so, oh boy, I have some good friends in Seattle, so I I will choose to be happy for them. Yeah, but I I will pity us as I usually do. Um, funny story about the Christian Roldan stuff is we traded our pick and then drafted Boyda Kwanu, who played very briefly for us. Um. Too bad, I guess. Um, anyway, my he uh, he went on some like geology trips. Boyd, uh, yeah. At the same time that my sister was going on geology trips when she was at Utah State, so she actually knew him from like these geology trips out to the middle of nowhere. I thought that was very funny. That is really funny. <laughs> so he, I was always really glad we drafted him, not for any like particular reason aside from that, but. Yeah, you know, that's he's interesting. He's a nice enough guy. I saw him at a UBU game yeah. once. The one time I went to a I'm UBU sure he was game. very pleasant. He, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, he was there with some friends. and He played like national team ranks growing up. It's yeah. interesting yeah. that he didn't pan out at all. So, Well, you know, uh, our coach at the time maybe contributed to that. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that's right. Good old Jeff. Uh, so okay. Um, I, so do we have any other ownership things to talk ownership? about? No, we don't. Why? No. Yes. Well, so I've got a fun game for us to play, okay. which you might have seen if you read the document. I've been purposely not making my eyes go to it, so I can be surprised. Oh, okay. We're gonna play. Uh, choose the player. <laughs> That's a really crappy name. Okay, so uh, we need to give out end of season awards. Okay, so let's do it now. All right, let's go. Un- unprepared, as usual. Oh wait, hang on. Hang um, on. on the fly. Let me prepare by pulling up the roster so that I make sure I know who all of my selections. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to do the same thing. Oh wait, we and we're just going to put on this list anymore. I hope your dad didn't update the Wikipedia page yet. <laughs> no, I don't think he has. Ooh, I, okay. I think I, I already have my answers. Okay. We don't even know the okay, questions. Bet. How can you know the answers? So I looked on the rest of the... Oh, right. oh you peaked. You can read. Okay. The first one. Best player. Kyle, go. Aaron Herrera. Trevor. All right, just so I don't have to repeat the same answer, I'm going to say Paulo Ruiz. You can... <laughs> it's I'm going to say Aaron, Aaron Herrera, Herrera, but Damn. we've got to give somebody else credit for being a good player this year. Matt, who's yours? Okay. Aaron Herrera. Nice. All right, most improved player. I think that's for me. That's Pablo. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. I mean, Aaron's uh, kind of up there too, but like, his was like, I guess it wasn't fully unexpected. Like he is on a good trajectory. Paulo Ruiz's was very sudden for me. I didn't expect it. So. Yeah, I agree. Best goal. Ooh, Paulo Ruiz against Seattle. He the one that took a slight deflection, right? Yeah, I'm not trying to disparage it with that. Took a deflection slightly. If it, I don't think it changed the trajectory of the ball. No, it just kind of like grazed someone's hair, in my opinion. So I, I'm sticking with that one. 
I think Krylik scored a good goal. Uh, one of those scored another karate goal. Yeah, I'll choose that one. Yeah, I like he, he had some. He had he had a couple like from distance that were really nice, and uh, he had like one or two in Orlando that was really really good. Oh Trevor, yeah, I'll choose that I'm one. Say, one of those two. Uh, I think it was in Orlando. Douglas's goal, where he, um, I think he chipped the guy, chipped the keeper. Mm. Like he, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. I just remembered that he's he's only scored two goals this year. One of them was good, and one of them wasn't very. I mean, it was a goal that he should have scored. Are you thinking of the one where he chipped the keeper yeah. and the keeper pulled it off, pulled it out, uh, and they didn't call it a goal because they couldn't do VAR on it? No, he scored. He because scored they didn't have that angle where he chipped the keeper. You're talking about in Orlando. It was against, I think it was San Jose. It was someone like right after um, they had scored on us and right yeah. off the. Oh, yeah. uh, like Corey like played like a really ridiculous ball and like they messed it up or something and um <laughs> Douglas chipped the keeper. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty That's yeah. yeah, that's the one. I remember the other one you're talking about, Matt, but no, I'm talking about that one. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna choose the one that wasn't awarded a goal because I think that's great. Diego Rossi uh, okay. had that one. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe. Giuseppe Rossi, not Diego. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking I about LAFC. Okay. Uh, worst player. Diego. No. Um, I almost mm. said Diego Rossi there as a joke. Uh, worst player? Yeah. Um, no, that's not fair. I I also had that thought. Uh, so let's let's add some a rule around this. They have to have at least played a hundred minutes. Tate Schmidt. <laughs> he has played a hundred over hundred minutes. Um, and it's not his fault because like I know he's genuinely like he's a talented guy, but he played one or two games I think at left back and it was garbage. Yeah, it was so not, bad. Um, like like I said, not his fault, but it was terrible stuff i'm gonna go ahead and say marcelo silva oh solid oh. i'm on board okay uh zach mcmath yep. that was my favorite <laughs> <laughs> zach mcmath or eric holt was awful awful <laughs> yeah 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 bad stuff do you think any of these players could have been coached into like actually playing well yeah, because Eric Holtz played well. So has Zach McMath. <laughs> like, he was a good he, – he's played well. I don't know well. about McMath. Well. He used to be good. He was he – was, that's, Okay, that's what I'm saying. Like, not for RSL, but in years yeah. past, Zach think, McMath has been a good goalkeeper. I think Holt potentially um, – I don't know about Silva at this point. He's just like – he's he's insane. Like, he, he makes yeah. insane decisions. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. When he's good, he's good. Yeah. yeah. Is he? Two, once or twice a game, he's really Is bad. Is he, though? Yeah, he's passable. He's MLS level. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, is, is that good? No, I mean, it depends. <laughs> like, he's, he's a, like, if you had to, like, take all the center backs in the league, right? All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Where does he fall in that list? I, is it the top half? He's pretty average. I think he's, like, right around the middle. Um, I think I think okay. he's the middle of the middle bottom of that. Like, <laughs> he's probably in like a forty eighth percentile. Matt, what's the next one that you just changed? 
most unimproved player. Marcelo Silva. I think it's Albert for me. I didn't want to yeah, say he was the worst player because that's kind of unfair, but he's definitely the most unimproved in my my eyes because nothing. He's just been getting worse, so I guess that counts as the most unimproved. <laughs> No, I'm going to change. I can't choose anything different. Yeah. I'm going to change mine to one of two, and one of them, no. Yeah, no. Let's just say Corey Baird. Yeah, I was going to say Corey's a good one for that one as well. He's frustrating. Yes. I was going to make a joke and say Milan Alaski was our most unimproved player, but <laughs> I couldn't remember if he was. He was on the team last year, right? Was he? No. no? Okay. Yeah, forget it. Never mind. Okay, uh, this is one of the big ones. Uh, the Luke Mulholland Award. You can't give it to Luke Mulholland, who is still on the roster. Um, well, actually, he's he's out of contract yeah, now. But I think God. has said that they're working on things with their players who are I, out of contract, including Luke Mulholland. Potentially I'm including this podcast and explicit rating. <sighs> keep talking about Luke Mulholland possibly being back here next year. Okay, the Luke Mulholland Award for me, I think, goes to um, either Ashton Morgan or the other guy. I can't remember his name. Alvin Jones. <laughs> Alvin Jones. I think it goes to Alvin Jones. He played. He played and <laughs> gave away. It gave away a penalty instantly. Like seven he, minutes. He got subbed in at <laughs> halftime because someone was so bad in the first half. Um, who who was playing left I back thought, at that point? I thought it was somebody got. Injured, like I thought he. We were kind of like forced to make that change. Maybe, um, but maybe he got was, subbed maybe in. Maybe it was a Tate Schmidt experiment gone wrong. Instantly given up. Remember. Yeah, I think it was Tate Schmidt at left back, and then he got brought in, gave up a penalty, and then didn't play again after that. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So my pick, I've just made it. Um, who do, who did I pick? I forgot. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. So I am picking Giuseppe Rossi. Uh, that's a good one, too. Uh, the player that everyone inexplicably loves uh, okay. is always injured and uh, everyone thinks should play more. Okay, yeah, that's that's a way better Luke Mulholland award. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's that, that makes way more sense. Um, I just I was thinking <laughs> of it as in terms of taking up a roster spot for no good reason. <laughs> but uh, yeah. The, that's a good one the too. like cult love the uh should be playing more yeah that's that's a good one i was gonna say donny toya I maybe mean, it was donny toya that was having that awful game that got subbed oh, out. i think <laughs> you're right Isn't i think that, like he's a like he plays that position all the time like he's yeah. generally considered the starter and he's the one not the one but he's one of the starters on the team that like you watch and he's not terrible all the time but you feel like there should definitely be a better option on the team for that spot, but yeah. there, there probably isn't. To be, I was I just had this like flashback of like uh, just a thing in my brain where Jeff Kassar like switched to like a four three three one time and. Um, and Luke Mulholland was playing in like the center attacking mid role. And I just, and I just started feeling nauseous a little bit. <laughs> just, I remember seeing that in my brain. I was just like, this is going to go so badly. Remember we played him there for like a run of games. Yeah. yeah. And, and when Javier Morales left, like he was one of the players so we, that we Jeff Kassar cited. Yeah. 
as like, well, we've got players that can play in that role. Luke Mulholland. It was, it was between Luis Gill and Luke Mulholland. Oh my God, Luis Gill! <laughs> what a character! Oh, what another failure! Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, oh, Trevor, did you pick one? Yeah, yeah he had Donnie Toya. Toya. Don, oh, you're right. I forgot about that we had. Okay the uh, the Ned Grabavoy Award for the best hair. Ah. Oh, for the best hair. Yeah, we don't even have. Uh, oh no, no. Okay, if it's a best hair award, it's got to go to Chris Garcia. <laughs> that bowl cut he had. <laughs> I was gonna say there's nobody on this team that has good hair, but that was a fantastic do that he did for the one game that he did it. That was pretty good. I think Kyle's is pretty good. I've I've I, I oh, hear yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not I couldn't do the Euro mullet myself, but I think. Um, yeah, I, I think I think it's really nice. I, I'm a big fan of that over the dreads, and I feel like he deserves award an award to make up for the two games he's away from 500. So, okay, uh, another one. I oh I, my pick, uh, Netamon Loha, like second half of the season. Yes. Oh, we went his hair out of it. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, very good. Hope, hope okay, uh, well. you guys come up with awards. I guess. Okay. Last one. Um, oh, wow. This is tough. You're putting us on the spot here. You would be most likely to succeed. Um, <laughs> For the young player who will never get a chance. Yeah. It's boy. most likely, likely to succeed. That's Everything I can think of is wild. so bleak. Like, uh, <laughs> like most likely That's... to be the first player that gets waived after we get a new owner. Uh, most likely to crash their car. Speaking of which, <laughs> there was a recent... Okay, for one, having seen, having seen Albert Rusnak's car in person, just... A monstrosity. I hate it. Ooh, worst car award? Worst car award goes to Albert Rusnak. Um, at least he took the yellow wrap off of it, but it's like it's like one of those it's like one of those G Wagons that's like lifted a, gigantically and it like probably can't go into most parking garages. It's just like well, it's absurd. Just, it's too much. It's way too much. Um but uh you gotta have a fancy car to justify three parking spots that's right oh what i was gonna say is sam johnson was is back in liberia and these incredible images of sam were released where he's one wearing a rudy gobert uh utah jazz city jersey and he is driving around in a gold camaro with four of his friends in the camaro with him dude it's just sam and four buddies all just packed into this convertible coupe car and they're just rolling around because <laughs> he was at like i think he was at like a um like a like a like a youth soccer tournament or something i don't really know what was going on but just so funny just packing four of your friends in your convertible and just driving around oh, in a in a go bear jersey. But um yeah, I'll miss Sam. <laughs> he, that was fun. Uh most likely to crash their car award. Oh, boy, Corey Baird. He's <laughs> he he did miss a flight. He seems like a road rage kind of guy, but um I don't think he seems like a road he seems to me like just like a distracted guy. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Oh, playing Fortnite on his yeah, phone like while he's on like that. Like he pulls up to a light and just doesn't actually break. Yeah. You know how like people do, and then they just like run into the guy in front of him, or they like pull into the intersection on accident and get hit by somebody. Yeah. Like that do be like that. That's my Corey Barrett read. Anyway. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Trevor, do you have any awards? No. Uh, why does this team right now deserve any awards whatsoever? Well, they're they're not all good. One's named after Luke Mohammed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the Deloy Hansen Memorial Award. Oh, the Deloy to... Hansen Memorial Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> I say the Deloy Hansen Memorial Award would have to go to Luke Mohammed. Right? Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Like the player that doesn't deserve to be here the most for sure yeah, yeah so so let's talk about luke mahal why for a should we talk about luke mahal because all? there's like the, there's a non-zero chance that he's brought back next year yeah and i can't figure it out like no matter how hard it like i i don't actually think it's a conspiracy of any sort I don't. That's the, I don't actually think he has dirt on that's anybody. That's the most fun possibility, though. Like yeah. for sure, he's got pictures of somebody in some compromising position, like Elliot Fall, probably. And <laughs> he, uh, yeah, like he's scraping a living out of extortion, basically. Trevor, you clipping? No, your I'm not clipping my fingernails. I'm trying to distract myself from talking about Luke. Mo- it's, I'm not even going to tell you what I'm doing. Yeah, I man, I, I clipped my nails I, yesterday in anticipation of this. Nice. I, I need to do something Thank with you. my hands when I'm. And sorry, I'm very glad he. I, I think this is the end of Luke, and I at least I hope so. The tweet was funny, like <laughs> the end of Luke, um, just like as a person. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, the, the press release was funny because it listed players that hadn't had their options taken up and that they were re- that it was among a group of players who could potentially be in talks for new contracts. So he was, it's kind of like an either it's an either or thing. Like he was included, but it not necessarily included. So, um, wow. Really hope this is the end of the road because, uh, he has, uh, was it 100 minutes in the last three years? Yeah. I'm not renewing my season tickets if Luke Mulholland is on the roster. It's an ultimatum. That's what we like. Are you going to renew anyway, Trevor? I told Brent Stevens when I called the office, I said the very second that Deloitte is out, I'll buy tickets again. And he was like, that's fair. I've heard that a couple of times. And so, yeah, as soon as Deloitte's out, I'm planning on calling him back and renewing. But if Luke Mulholland is on the roster, that might not happen. Yep. I'm not that serious about it, but if Luke Mulholland is on this roster next year... Please be serious about it. I'm going to... Oh, my God. I know. That would that would just be... That would be like, so disheartening. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a scenario in which that would be acceptable. That I'd be like, oh, it's okay. There's we none. We literally have an academy. Zlatan or, you know, something like that. Like, if oh, yeah. I had a drop and he would only play on a signing, Luke. then maybe I'd be like, all right, fine. We can deal with Luke. 
he needs to be yeah, there. Fine. Like, but, yeah, Marcus Rashford is like secretly <laughs> his best friend because they're both English. And um, even though, even other, though right? Rashford's, you know, from United <laughs> and Luke um, wishes he could have eventually like walked <laughs> near Anfield, he, uh, you know, they, they're best friends and he's Marcus Rashford's like, I'll play, but I, you have to sign Luke Mulholland and that's the only, <laughs> that's the only acceptable situation. He takes to Twitter and gets the government to fully guarantee Luke Mulholland's deal with RSL for the future. Yep. Speaking of Marcus Rashford, just going to brag a little bit. My daughter stayed at my house for the last several weeks. And so I was helping her with a lot Congrats. of work. Um, one of the assignments that she had to do was it was she's in like fifth grade so they do a lot of like research reports and stuff like that um she had to do a report on it was like a famous person but there's some specific thing i don't remember anyway she had to do a report on a famous person i think it was a person like in the news recently that was famous for something and they couldn't do the president so mm. yeah she came to me and was like i've who is in the news right now? Who should I do my report on? And she did it on Marcus Rashford. And she loves oh, Marcus Rashford great. now because he's a hero. Dude, he he is a really good dude. Very good dude. Yeah. That's legitimately like one of the most impressive things from like any athlete that has like that any athlete has done in the last like couple of decades, I feel like what he did with the yeah kids getting fed stuff that's awesome yeah he's a solid guy that's why i picked marcus rashford to come to rsl too even though he plays for united but uh yeah I mean, he's easy I, I would take him i would take him i mean i I'd wouldn't complain okay i'm coming over yeah um so marcus. yeah it's fine so <sighs> boys 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 can have that song stuck in my head now boys just want to have fun that's not just kidding sure that uh works. anything else any any closing thoughts trevor matt? Oh, oh hang on i might have a closing thought give me a second let me fix my phone here okay matt do you have a closing thought uh, no stay safe wear a mask yeah Pretty please just you don't need to see your family <laughs> And if you do need to see your family, like take the time, do it, uh, safely, do it safely, please, 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 please. Like I'll probably see my parents in a couple of weeks and, you know, we're not seeing anybody really for, for a couple of weeks outside of our bubble. And then when we come back, we won't really see anybody outside of our bubble. And then in however long after that, we won't really see anybody yeah. outside of our bubble. And, oh boy. But it, your family can wait, especially extended family. Like, yeah, it's, it's just hop on a Zoom call. And if you're tired of Zoom calls, so so am I. <laughs> Me too. We uh, we tried. Me oh, we're too. starting to plan a family reunion. We're supposed to do one every two years, which means that. Oh, yeah, we one. I think we talked about this. Yeah, we probably did. And um, yeah, there is. So now the debate is whether we're going to push it back to 2021 because of this. And I feel like we probably are just because I don't think. At this point, the timeline is that we're going to start getting a vaccine in like January, February, and it's going to mm -hmm. be like enough people get vaccinated that we're not really dealing with this in like June or July. And I don't really, I don't, anyway, 
Yeah. I am excited to get a vaccine. I do think there's value in like non-sensitive groups getting a vaccine and all that. Uh, I know there are people who will have to wait to get a vaccine uh, for medical reasons. If I don't have to, then I can help everybody by getting one myself. True. What are you going to do when they announce in like two weeks that those with Matt and Kyle, that those with the a gluten problem like the vaccine just is completely ineffective <laughs> it's just it's just that, one category of people that doesn't work for <laughs> C-Rex. oh and man C-Rex. that'd be funny that would be real funny <laughs> yeah that would be sad oh, that'd be a bummer yeah, I, I, yeah i already can't have bread you can't oh but i did get a bread maker recently so i've been okay. making bread and it's been nice Damn. Kyle, if I send you a list of ingredients, do you want to? I would to absolutely love that. Yes, please. Okay. I'll send you a list and then you tell me if it's okay or if I need to sub things or if it's uh, flat out now. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That sounds fantastic. Okay. Um, man, I don't think I have any closing thoughts. Uh, it's, it's been a real one. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed, uh, Sing you, sing you two again. I almost said you three because there's three pictures. Because Matt, <laughs> Matt's here twice for some reason. Uh, can I? Sorry, hang on. I've got a before we before yes, we leave. Okay, close I, it out, Trev. I need to get your opinions on this incredibly important thing that's been in the news recently. There was a monolith down in oh, other- no. <laughs> and now there's you know, not a monolith anymore so, it's a Utah okay. thing. we've got to talk about a utah thing matt you've even got yeah, family so, down there so let's go okay let's get our let's just we i'm sorry we've got to cover it multiple things okay and um i think our our friend of the pod ty was talking about this in one of the slack channels i can't remember yeah but i think he made some good points that i think i agree with so like one, I thought it was cool that it was that it was just this random monolith thing that's been there for like five years um, out in the desert. That's just was spotted from a helicopter. Um, assuming it's an art piece or whatever, I don't know. I thought it thought it was just cool. I liked it. it was just like mysterious or whatever. Um, I thought it was. Uh, I, I mean, it's. I was surprised and impressed by how quickly people found it online on Google Earth, which was mind blowing. Um, and then finally it was taken down by this like group of guys um who said they like had they like wax poetic about like why they took it down or whatever and they kind of made it seem like they were out to like you know like protecting the wild the wildness of like the desert or whatever and people shouldn't be littering putting stuff making like installations in nature which i think I think I agree with I, as a general principle, I don't like people leaving hunks of metal in the desert like this, but the mystery I thought was cool. But, um, these guys that took it down are like infamous for like being like chaos outdoors, people like doing gigantic, um, I don't like gigantic slack line installations over like huge parts of like, uh, open canyons. So like they're destroying parts of rocks when they're doing that. Um, and I think Ty shared another link about stuff that they were doing, but they're just, I don't know. It seemed like they were just kind of trying to like gatekeep 
their area or whatever. And yeah. yeah. And there's, there's an element of that, that like I said, from when I, so, okay. So the thing got taken down, everybody was like blown away by it. And then there was a dude on Instagram that like posted the explanation. He was there when it happened and I read that and basically he was there with a couple of friends and they were taking pictures of it and just hanging out. He's like an outdoor nature photography guy. So it makes sense that he would go to this thing and take pictures of it and then post them on Instagram. Um, but anyway, he was out there and then they came and they knocked it down and they basically, they said, one of the things they said when they left was leave no trace. And mm-hmm. the whole message that I got from that was basically from the whole post to leave no trace. And then that guy kind of waxed poetic a little bit about how this totally remote piece of land was suddenly overridden with families and minivans driving down from who knows where yeah just to come yeah. out and see this thing and it was just this people were in places that they don't that they aren't normally in and there was an obvious amount of like human impact in an area that doesn't have a lot of human impact um yeah all of a sudden and if your goal is to like preserve low human impact places then like i get taking the thing down because it was it was out of control it was on the bbc was talking about it like yeah it was a global news so that group of guys they're uh yeah and that's um they they were in the moab sun news back in 2017 for they they there's like a, a famous spire in in moab that people climb and these these same guys that took it down and said leave no trace or whatever and did this whole thing they they a lot of people were mad at these same guys because they decorated this big spire as a Christmas tree and like it looks like one of them has a flaming torch and is holding us and is in a Santa Claus outfit. I'll send you guys this. Link. Is it one of those Elon Musk torches? Uh, no, I, it's not a flamethrower, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they kind of seem like they were just I don't know, but people were mad at them back then for kind of doing. I mean, I don't know. They didn't break any rules uh, per se, but like people were like, yeah, you're disrespecting the land. And then now they're kind of like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, so I, it's like, I'm, I'm kind of torn because like I said, I, I'm totally on board with the whole like preserve Utah desert, yeah. preserve the beauty of the natural landscape. Like I'm, I'm completely on board with that. Um, but having it, having that being done by these guys makes it incredibly problematic because yeah, Yeah. they've just got a history of, yeah, like you said, basically just gatekeeping. They want to do what they think is cool outdoors, but as soon as somebody else is enjoying something outdoors, it's destroying the landscape or whatever. Right. 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 right, right. Yeah. And I really kind of hate those kind of people. Yeah, Sam. I yeah, I just did like the mystery and like the curiosity yeah. of it. But. Yeah, I love modern art. Like I, I thought it was very, it was very striking. Yeah, uh, the area it's in is beautiful. Like, um, but it, you know, it's all part of this like weird Moab culture, right? Yeah, that's like we're gonna jeep everywhere and drive our our ATVs everywhere. Which I mean, I guess there's a time and a place for that. Um, I don't, I don't know that that area is necessarily it. Um, yeah. And there so are just like, like, it, like yeah. artists that do it well, where they, um, there was some speculation about who did that art installation. And somebody, um, was thinking it was this artist. She lives in New Mexico, I think now. Hmm. And she does a lot of like 
big like mirror type insp- uh, installations out in the desert, but it like they're very clearly not permanent installations. Like this one was, I mean, semi-permanent. It was like kind of it was like bolted into a thing in the ground. Um, and it, like I've seen people that are that like have a big truck and they, they do like a big setup out in the desert and then take it down and leave or whatever. That's I think that's certainly probably the better idea <laughs> if you're going to yeah. do that. So, yeah. So I love the art aspect. Um, it's it's weird. Like so I grew up in southwestern Utah and we always called it southern Utah. So it's always very jarring for me when southeastern Utah is also called <laughs> yeah. southern Utah. So when it was like, oh, it's in southern Utah, I thought, oh, I'm going to go visit my parents soon. I'll go like, we'll go try to find this thing. And then I come to find out it's three hours away from there. And it's in a completely different part of southern Utah. Yeah. That, that's my only that's my my biggest like <laughs> rant about it. Like you're upset that it wasn't a little closer. To home. It's the other southern Utah. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, they're, they're different areas. Yeah. Oh, and it, like to get from uh, like St. George to say um what's the uh like mexican hat area like that takes so long to drive yeah all to from southwestern utah to southeastern utah it's not like a it's both southern utah but very different places yeah and and the other part of me worries like when things like this become very hyped um i'm reminded of like the big treasure hunt type things where people go try to find this thing and then die in the process. And I, I mean, it's fortunate that it, this thing was easy to find, I think, um, because there were going to be people trying to find it uh, and other people doing the work to make it easier. Probably was a good thing. I mean, this thing had so much hype before the location was really publicly known. Like people were going to go out into the desert with no like desert awareness. Yeah. And certainly, like de- the desert is a very different place than I think people like to think. Yeah, that was, and it's much easier to get lost than you'd think, and it's much easier to just not take any water than you'd think. It might be kind of cold, but like you will still die. That was my um, that was my concern with the like once it started becoming big and like people were traveling down to it. Well, not that like somebody would die or anything because I didn't really think that was possible Um, yeah but that it would just be i mean like i said like it would be a family would be like hey let's just take a trip on a saturday to go see the monolith thinking that it's this easily accessible place and that they could just pile in the minivan and go down and see it and then drive home and there'd be a mcdonald's on the way and like that's not really the case with where it was like it's (laughs) off the beaten path and it's yeah. not an easy day trip and people, yeah, like you said, it's going to just lead to a lot of people not being prepared and not taking the right precautions and not planning properly, which is. I know. Anyway. Yeah. I, I think there's so many cool things out there in nature and, you know, man-made art installations uh, that are closer to home, like explore those there there's some really wild things like if you're in salt lake go to gilgal gardens or something i don't know maybe it's not open right now but with the (laughs) the weird sphinx joseph smith statue yeah that's right (laughs) but like it's you know that there's a lot to explore and there's value in exploring yeah but it's the middle of a pandemic so you know plan accordingly plan safely 
Well, go to the International Peace Gardens. Go to the International Peace Gardens. I like that place. So was it? Real quick, quick, quick fire answer here. Was it a net positive or net negative? The monolith. Um, net positive. It, it was. I'm in, gonna go with net positive. It was entertaining during a very weird time. So that's the thing. I. That's my question. Is like, if we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic, would that have not? Would it have been, not as, been discovered as captivating? Would, would people cared about it at all? I don't know. It's hard to say. I feel like the answer is no, and that I kind of like that. I kind of like that too. I like that it was a thing in the middle of this thing that would have only been a thing under these circumstances. Me too. I like, I think, uh, and, uh, Andy, um, man, Andy Larson said it. He like did his like triple team thing, which is a thing he does about the jazz, but he did it about other things. And he said, I thought the monolith was pretty cool. There's value to having something that people didn't understand. and could be curious about in a time where people are so stubbornly sure about everything else. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was an interesting. I like the speculation. It was fun. It's a good take. Yeah. OK, well, you know, it's been a pleasure. Love you all. Good night. Uh, au revoir. Farewell, our readers and goodbye. Right? That's how that song goes. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Anyway, good night, guys.